I got some news today. You know, um, about a year ago, I had uh, I had lost an aunt. Interestingly enough, it was uh, about a week before Kobe Bryant died. It was actually around this time of the year. And as we were driving back from her funeral, which I was a pallbearer, it's one of my greatest honors of my life. Um, as we were driving back, I kind of reflected on the weekend. And the weekend was... Not, not even the weekend, but the debate essentially that I was having internally was whether or not I should have podcasted um, essentially, not necessarily during her funeral, but essentially after it and the days leading up to it and things of that nature. And I decided not to. The reason why is that I wanted to focus my full attention on mourning. And, um... It was when I had started to gain a couple of viewers and things of that nature, which were still very young. We're still very viewership-wise, of course. But, you know, essentially, once I went to my grand—not my grandmother's, my great aunt's funeral—I had essentially lost all of my viewership. And essentially, one of the things that I was fearing in the back of my mind had happened. I'd lost the viewership, I'd lost the attention that I'd worked so incredibly hard to get. All within, you know, a weekend, and all within me essentially doing what I thought was right. And, um, you know, a year later, I got a text from my dad today that my aunt, who has cancer, uh, is now in the ICU similar situation um, I'm going to take the t next two days off I'm going to take the next two days off uh, this may be one of the worst podcasts of the week it is what it is 24 spots but I think I'm kind of wanted the end the intro, or at least part of it, on that song. Um, you know, I talked about it yesterday. I essentially said, you know, like, depending on what happens with the news cycle during the, you know, the next couple of days, depends on what I'll do podcast-wise, schedule-wise. And I, I was like, if there's nothing new that kind of comes in and things of that nature, I'll kind of just stop podcasting for like two days until Friday and then I'll come back Friday and then we'll do you know we'll do some topics and things of that nature and then on Sunday I'll come back we'll cast uh, Chiefs versus Bucks that's the plan I'm not like like I'm gonna disappear for two days I always say like if I ever disappear I want to let you know uh, beforehand that I'm going to be going so two days off Thursday, Wednesday, Friday, I'll be back. Saturday, I'll take another day off. Sunday, we'll cast um, Tampa versus Chiefs. Monday, we'll be back once again to wrap up the NFL season. Maybe not the NFL season, but the Super Bowl and some other topics. That next week, that next Monday is when I'll be back. Um, I'm going to take a week off from podcasting. You know, 
I'm feeling the burn right now. I'm feeling it, you know, in the sense of like, like it's in this week, it's like I have a bunch of topics kind of rattling on in my mind and stuff like that. And there's some stuff that I want to talk about. And then it's like, like, I don't know. It's not that I don't have the energy. It's just like, I don't have the patience really to like explore some of my ideas when it comes to sports talk. And that's just, that's just because I've been doing it for almost a year straight. Like, very, very little breaks. Very minimal breaks. I don't know if I took off for Thanksgiving. Like, I, like, like even though I was not podcasting on Thanksgiving, I still was, like, watching football for, like, 12 hours straight. So, I don't know. Again, it's, you know, the work, the grind isn't the issue. It's just, I'm burnt out. I, you know, I, I'm just burnt out. And, um, you know, I talk about, you know, how one of my aunts, she has, uh, she has cancer all the time. Cause you know, I love my aunt, you know, who doesn't love a family member. I talk about it because, you know, it's, it's something real and it's something that's affecting me mentally. And I don't like, I don't want to deny it. I don't want to spare it. And I don't want to you know, act like it doesn't affect me and things of that nature, because it does. And, you know, I got, like, it fucking, I won't give you, like, all the gory details of it, but it, it fucking sucks. And, you know, like, I, I kind of alluded to it last night, and I was like, like, what's the purpose of me kind of, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like acting as if it, it like, acting as if it's not happening or <clears throat> something like that. I don't know. It just... I don't know, man. I talked about it last year where it's like I lost a great aunt, my grandmother's sister, last year around this time. And then I lost um, another aunt who had Alzheimer's. That was that was really, really bad um, in like August. And then started 2021. You know, uh, my aunt uh, seems to be losing her battle with breast cancer. Technically, I don't know if it's breast cancer. I think it's another version. It's another, like, aggressive form of cancer that, like, after she went through chemotherapy for breast cancer, I think that's when it spread to a lot of other regions in her body, and then that's kind of what we're dealing with right now. I'm not a doctor, but that's what she told me. You know, can I can I say something? You know, like, not, not to, like, be too down or whatever. Maybe not whatever. It's my damn show. I can do whatever I want. But it's, like, you know, like, these last couple of years have taught me a lot about, like, you know, the importance of life and material values and non-material and spiritual things and things of that nature. And, like, I remember visiting my great aunt before she had died with Alzheimer's and she couldn't remember who I was. And I was just like, I was, on, I was on the phone like a couple of days ago. Actually, it was like a little bit over a week ago with my aunt who right now is struggling with cancer. And, and she was incredibly tired. She was incredibly, she, she constantly told me, you know, um, you know, Arden, I'm, I'm, that's my real name. Arden, my name is Arden. You know, I'm, I'm really, really tired. I'm, I'm tired. She couldn't even talk to me on the phone. And it, it was kind of like I had realized like that she had that she was dying. 
essentially. It was kind of like, and I knew that like a week or two ago that our relationship would never essentially be the same thing or the same, I guess. Just as I had realized uh, a little bit over two years ago with my great aunt who had Alzheimer's at the end of her life. It wasn't like for an, for her entire life, but it was like last couple of years of her life. First time I had saw her in her hospital bed, I, like she she didn't know who I was and um, she didn't real and, and, you know, I'm in my 20s and she had known me before I had known her. You know, she had known me when I was growing in my mom's stomach, you know, since I was a baby. She's been there for my entire life. And I realized once she had like when she didn't and it wasn't her fault, you know, you know, she she can't she couldn't help it. And I, like, realized all this stuff. Like, I had realized, like, you know, my relationship with her will never be the, the same. You know, the memories that I have of her won't necessarily be expanded upon, you know. Like, I won't be able to make more of the same or similar types of memories. It's just going to be me visiting her in, you know, a hospital. Which I savored those visits as well. I, I savored those sometimes even more than some of the other memories that I have of her. But the reason why I had to like, I'm, I'm great at processing kind of shitty information and shitty news, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately. But it's like, I had, I had like with my great, with my great aunt with Alzheimer's, I had kind of like gone in and I had, I had realized our relationship was never going to be the same again. And I was, I was like, I, I was, and I was distraught. I was sad. You know, I, I cried as I left her nursing room because of, you know, how emotional it was for me. Because I, you know, like you hear stories about Alzheimer's and until you like actually live it, it's, it's completely, it's completely different. It's like, you know, like you think you're getting punked or something like that. It, it's like people forget significant chunks of their life. And I had promised her as I left that I had, that I would promise that I would visit her once again. And I did. And I showed up at her new facility, at her new, it was kind of like a assisted care facility, terrible place to live, by the way. Like, I will literally do everything in my power to not end up there, because, good God, man. I mean, I, I walked across, I like, her next-door neighbor had, like, was eating a gigantic bowl of ice cream, shirtless borderline naked there is screaming the nurses were terrible I mean good god man it was it was a nightmare to live in and here's my great aunt with Alzheimer's and she plays a trick on me she's like who's that she talks to my dad she's like you know who's that young girl that you brought <laughs> that you brought with you you know and she point and I'm like and I'm looking behind me I'm like like I'm like, like, she's not, she's pointing in my general direction. And I'm like, is, is somebody, who's she pointing to? Then I like shifted over to the left and she shifted over to the left. She moved her finger to the left and I shift, and I was like, oh, she's talking about me. And she, you know, and, and, and my dad's like, you know, uh, th this is, this is Arden. This is your nephew. It's like, and he asked her, you know, do, do you remember who he is? And so, you know, she's like, of course I remember him. And, you know, she had just played a practical joke on me and my dad and all my family. And, you know, to see 
like I'm I'm very I'm very very lucky to have the family members in my life that I have. It's just you know, like it's just all coming at at me like like at one point in my life, you know. To be honest with you, I thought that I would have more time with my with my relatives. You know. Sorry if I'm breaking down just a little bit, but you know, you lit like you literally hear like all of these older people like tell you, you know, like tell your relatives that you love them, tell them, you know, you know, spend as much time as you can with them and things of that nature and you think, you know, at least I thought because I was young, I still am. You know, I had all this time and stuff like that. In reality, you know, like, like I don't know. You know, I didn't know my great aunt would get Alzheimer's or that my other aunt would get cancer and she's struggling with it. And now she's in the ICU very, very close to dying. You know, I didn't know any of this shit a couple of years ago. And it's just, it's just fucking hard, man. It is really, really fucking hard. But, you know, that's essentially why I've needed like a two-day break and then a week-long break. And I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again. Like, I definitely needed like a little bit of time off. I was like, holy shit. Like, I don't necessarily self-reflect that much. And when I do, I usually write in my diary and stuff like that. But when I was like talking about it now and even writing about it yesterday, it's like, holy shit, I've been through a lot. So, yeah, taking a break next two days, taking a break in about a week. Less than a week. Like, what is it? Six, six days. Yeah, six days. Technically speaking, less than that. I don't know. Like, on the brighter side, you know, there's always, like, I remember, um, let me sit down. Remember, there was this great comedian just talking about how, like, you know, how, like, um, how, like, you know, she does, like, comedy to make her happy and stuff like that, you know, to get through some hard shit. And, you know, I was, I was trying to, like, and I, and I kind of embody that. It's like I like to watch comedy whenever I'm depressed and stuff like that. And it's like I went on Netflix and I tried to watch Bill Burr. And uh, weirdly enough, it didn't work. I'm, I'm usually a Bill, Bill Burr. So that's, that's one of my favorite comedians of all time. I should have watched some Dave Chappelle, to be honest with you. What was I watching? I was like, oh, yeah, I was watching this video of this guy. His name is L.S. And he's, he was like... Um, <clears throat> he was like talking about how, what was it? He was talking about like, so he was talking with his grandmother. Interestingly enough, I don't know what they were talking about, but they were like, but, but like he calls her like woman and womanizer and stuff like that. And the banner that they have together, like LS is one of my favorite, like internet personalities. He's one of my, he's one of my favorite, like, informed opinions online when it comes to sports he's a video game like coach and stuff like that and he like his perspective on you know on building and developing a structure and a core around like um 
around like sports, whether it's core mechanics, advanced mechanics, and just other video game type of nerdy stuff. You know, like he's incredible. And I cannot remember which video it was, but it was like, he was like, he was like ranting and raving with his grandmother and it was, it was so much fun. And it was like, it was last night and things of that nature when, you know, like I'd gotten some pretty bad news and stuff like that. And I'll probably get some more shitty ass news, but I don't know. Again, happy to be here. Happy to take my mind off of things for like a couple of minutes. I will say this. One of the main reasons why I was like, why I'm kind of like, like, I don't know where I'm going with this, but like one of the reasons why I was like, I got to get on the podcast and fucking, you know, podcast and shit like that is because like, A, it's getting late and B, it's hard. It's, it's weird how I can fucking compartmentalize, compartmentalize. I think that's how you say it. Like I wanted to watch um, this new TV show called Bridgington, Bridgeton, whatever it's called. And, um, it's this new like soap opera via, it's like Downton Abbey except on Netflix. And I already saw like a couple of scenes of it and I'm super excited. I'm reading Anna Karina, by the way, I haven't read any of it today. I'm kind of just going to give myself a break because it's going to like, I, I, like I have to actually concentrate a lot and I kind of just want to watch TV and not have to read a fucking like a, a hard ass book, you know? Tonight, I kind of want to watch some TV and go to sleep. But I was watching like Bridgington and I was like, I got to I got to do the podcast before it gets like stupidly late. I I didn't see a lot of it. I only saw like a couple of minutes of it. And then I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. I remember like Taylor Mossman, the front woman once again of uh, Pretty Reckless. Cannot wait for their. Um, I think fourth studio album, her fourth awesome singer, awesome singer. I was listening to some of her old records, some, uh, some of, not even her old records, but the band's old records. Um, I, I was listening to who you're selling for and going to hell. And I forgot that they had this song. It's called absolution. I can't remember how it goes, but like. It was it was such an awesome and amazing song. Like I I, for, I forgot what it was. It, it like, sorry, that's Yellow Wolf. If you can hear, if you could hear that. But it's like Absolution. I was listening to that when my relative was getting a vaccine and for uh, the coronavirus. I was with them. I was listening to the Pretty Reckless while the National Guard was like, you know, taking their information and stuff like that. What was it? It was Absolution. Hold on. I'm on like this god-awful YouTube app, YouTube music app, because I own a Google phone instead of an Apple phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now I remember it. I'm playing it on my phone. Shout out to Taylor Mossman. I can't wait for, um, I can't wait for Death by Rock and Roll. I've heard some of their singles. I'm super excited for it. Also, I'm super excited to get my fucking blue vinyl. Oh, my God. I was listening to Metallica's Ride the Lightning. Oh, my God. Cannot wait. Now I'm kind of bringing... Hold on. My tattoo is puffing up. Hold on. Hold on. 
<sighs> if you ever get a tattoo, what is that? It's like a cut on my on my tattoo. I literally only have one tattoo on my arm. On my body. It's I'm not gonna tell you what it is. But it's on my left arm. And um on my left arm, I think it's like I like like if you've never had a tattoo, your tattoo will puff up. I think it's because like your body reacts to the ink or something like that. I can't remember how it goes. Or not how it goes, but the reason why. But I'm pretty sure that's the reason why. Like your body is just like rejecting it or whatever. I think there's better inks that like not necessarily prevent it completely, but like you know, that make it way easier to deal with. The first year I did have this tattoo, especially like the first six to 12 months, it was puffing up a lot, like a lot. And now it kind of is, and it's like super irritable. But it's like, you know, you forget about it, or at least I did for like a good six to seven, eight months. All right, I'm not gonna hold you for too long. No, this is not the end of the podcast. We're just, I'm kind of riffing here. I kind of wanted to hit on some other stuff. Now I'm just playing the pretty reckless man. Oh my God. Is this band so awesome? Hold on. Let me just do that. Awesome ass band. Boys on outside of everything. Outside of everything. I don't know. God, my arm is super itchy. Get a tattoo. You'll know, like, it fucking puffs up. I don't understand those people who have, like, like sleeves and stuff like that. Jesus Christ. It's like you would think that their tattoos fucking puff up like a motherfucker. Hold on. I'm looking at, like, a vinyl version for, um... Or, or the back of like a, the vinyl for the pretty reckless is going to hell way cheaper than what I thought it would be yeah I've been looking for it hold on but it's like I'm kind of just like looking at the track list now how many songs there's like 12 songs oh okay and then there's like acoustic acoustic versions of the album or songs of the album all right yeah i definitely shouldn't have scratched my tattoo because now it's like super irritable i just gotta rub it now all right um what do i got for you today besides really really sad stuff the pretty reckless and yeah Sad stuff and pretty reckless. Well, I didn't have anything. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't have anything. I, I was, I was like, you know how like sometimes you work yourself up. Sometimes you like stay mad at people and things like you hold a grudge. I was like, like sometimes, in fact, a lot of the times like now, because I'm the best video gaming sports podcast, I do actually like practice some of the stuff that I say and I kind of riff. Like, kind of like how a comedian probably will riff or kind of, like, figure out a way to make a joke funny. That's kind of what I do in the sense of, like, trying to try stuff out and see if it works and see if I need to, like, rephrase stuff and 
like certain analogies and metaphors that I use, I kind of sometimes pre-plan, but again, it's not like verbatim. It's not like I'm reading off of a, a script or whatever. That would be fucking impossible to do. Yeah, I really irritated my tattoo by scratching it. But yeah, um, I, I didn't have a plan for today. I didn't have a plan for today. And uh, I'm here now. I'm like, where do I, what do I fucking do? What do I talk about? Well, here's the thing, right? I was watching this documentary about the Hall of Fame, which I thought was semi-interesting, semi-boring, and semi-just, like, dumb. Like, you know what? I'm not going to lie to you, man. I don't I don't know if Calvin Johnson is getting into the Hall of Fame this year. Who's, who's on the docket for the Hall of Fame? I wasn't going to watch the NFL Awards on Saturday because I just don't care <laughs> at all. I'm not, I'm like, I'm literally like one of those people that just like, I literally could not be bothered at all. Um, but they're supposed to release the hall of famers, right? Like who's going to get into the hall this year? NFL. Hall of fame 2021, right? Like they're supposed to release it this year, right? Um, I don't know. They're showing the 15 modern era finalists. And then I think they're going to show who the, Goodness gracious. Okay. So how do I get onto this? Good God. Their site is a fucking mess. All right. <clears throat> so the class, and in, in, in my opinion, the majority of these guys, I don't know every single player. I'm not like that informed about the history of the NFL. I know the name brand guys like uh like Charles Woodson for example, uh Reggie Wayne, Zach Thomas, Richard Seymour, uh Clay Matthews senior, you know, senior. Uh Peyton Manning, John Lynn, well I actually know a lot of these guys. Tory Holt, Leroy Butler, uh Ronde Barber, Jared Allen and Calvin Johnson. Uh, here's what I think is going to happen. Manning's in, Lynch is in, more likely than not Lynch is in, but Manning and Lynch are probably in. Jared Allen is probably in. I'm, I'm really, so if you don't know how the Hall of Fame is done, it's pretty fucking stupid. Essentially, it's like you have 10 players. It's now down, it was down to like 15 but it's like 10 players. Uh, no, 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 no. It's the reverse. There's like 15 players that get that get um, down to 10. And then those 10 become five. I don't necessarily know. Uh, the site hasn't updated yet. So I don't know who the 10 or even five finalists are. That's probably going to be released on Saturday or during the coming weeks or days, excuse me. But um, right now, the Hall probably voted on the five guys that are going to get in. Um, listen, man, one of these guys is going to be fucking like, I'm going to be pissed. Like I, if like, I, I think that Reggie Wayne should have already have been in to be honest with you. Like he was eligible two years ago. He should have probably, but again, it's like, like I named more guys that could be in the hall of fame than couldn't be, you know, I don't necessarily like some of these guys. I don't really know 
like uh, like Alan Feneca, Pittsburgh Steelers guard. I don't really know him, but I know the majority of these players. I don't know Tony Vaselli as well. He played before I was born, essentially. He only played for six years, too, by the way. But, like, the majority of the other guys I knew, I know. Like Sam Millis, 1986, 1994, before I was born. Maybe not before I was born, but, like, before I could comprehend football, you know? So, I don't know. I just I just don't know. But the majority of these players, like, they deserve to get in. In my opinion, Calvin Johnson deserves to be in the most. And I just, like, I have this really, really, really bad feeling. And I was, like, I was practicing a monologue today about, like, what would happen if, like, Calvin Johnson wouldn't get into the Hall of Fame. And I would like call out all the Hall of Fame voters some corny ass shit like that. Like, oh, these these Hall of Fame voters. Like, I think one of the lines that I was going to use was um, was like uh, like I was going to act like I was throwing a piece of paper or I was like uh, a piece of paper with their names in the garbage or whatever. Or I would use some type of an analogy where I would talk about how essentially their names uh, belong in the garbage with their votes. Right. Semi good line. But then I was like, eh, that's kind of corny. But yeah, like, you know, I was like during the NFL Network describing how the Hall of Fame works, they were talking essentially about how like like how the Hall of Fame process isn't perfect and how, you know, it's legitimate and how the Hall of Fame voters apparently vote for um, the things that like uh, like like they're supposed to judge players off of what they do during the white lines or in between the white lines and not outside, which is bullshit. Uh, I mean, like Shannon Sharp always talks about it where he talks about how essentially Hall of Fame voters, they find ways to move the needle back once again. And instead of being like, we're going to judge this guy off of what he did between the lines, which is what they're supposed to do. They're like, eh, we're going to judge T.O. off of whether or not he stood on the Dallas Cowboys star, which I think is stupid. But, um, you know, these people, they don't, they don't seem to value certain players. Like Drew, Drew Pearson, I mean, good God, man. 30 to 40 years just waiting. Just waiting to get in. Waiting for his spot. Waiting and waiting and waiting. And it's like, fuck it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Fucking in the centennial class, 2020, doesn't get in fucking joke I don't fucking get it they had his name um what was it they had his name where they had um uh Pearson as I think some some finalist for a later player or something like that I don't know I don't know <clears throat> but, you know, apparently the, the reason why they're, what? That's so dumb. They're talking about, like, how because he doesn't have a lot of, like, like because he didn't play for a long period of time, they're going to say that, well, he didn't, he's not a Hall of Famer because he didn't play for a long period of time. And it's like, 
that right there is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, wait, so we're judging people by how long they played? It's like, well, there's kickers in the league that have played for 15 plus years and they're not in the hall. Like, I, like, like, like in, and in the hall of fame TV show or documentary about how the hall of fame works and stuff like that, they're essentially talking about how like all of the debates and things of that nature around the hall of fame is so is incredibly secretive, right? Like they don't like there's cameras that record the hall of fame, like not the hall of fame, but the discussions before the debates. But when it comes to them debating about the hall of fame, uh, apparently it gets negative. Uh, they don't broadcast that at all, which I think is bullshit. It's like, you guys are pussies. That's what you guys are. And these are journalist pussies, uh, from 32 of, from the 32 respective teams. And I think 16 other people as well, but they're just pussies. That's what they are. It's like, Oh, so you guys, you don't have the stones to have your, you know, your reasons why players shouldn't get into the hall of fame, but you do have enough stones to fucking deny certain players, their hall of fame. It's like, it's like, 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 isn't it a law? Like not even a law, like an amendment within the constitution where if you're being tried and somebody is like, is, um, is accusing you of something, you at the very least have the fucking right to look at them. Like if somebody is like if, if in a criminal case, like let's say, you know, you murdered somebody and I was a witness, you would have the ability, you would have the human right to be able to look at me as I am accusing you of murder. It's like the NFL is like, nah, we're not going to do that. We're pussies. We're the, uh, the pussy league. We're filled with a bunch of pussies. We're filled with a bunch of pussy journalists that, uh, that have no stones. That girl last night, not going to say her name again, but her name has been blasted. Shout out to fucking her. I talked about how she has bigger church bells than the majority of guys in the, in the NBA. And she has more church. She has, she has probably good God, man. I mean, she is the biggest trap I've ever seen in my entire life because the absolute just meat that is hanging between her thighs must be fucking ginormous because of how much she, because of just the absolute fucking stones, her balls must be dragged on must drag on the ground because of how big they are. Like, I mean, my God, if you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about the girl that was talking shit to LeBron. By the way, I saw her husband. I thought that guy was fat. That guy's like fucking yoked. I was like, I was watching a little bit of McAfee today and he had like, uh, he had her and her husband on, like he had a picture of them. And I was like, holy shit. Is that dude yoked? I thought he was fat. And he, he is old, I, but I thought he was fat. And I was like, I can kind of see why she likes him. Like, that guy is fucking ginormous. But yeah, that girl last night talked shit to LeBron. Shout out to her. Fucking an absolute massive schlong hanging between her dress. Goodness gracious, man. Comparably to the people who vote for Hall of Famers, who are just... Filled with the biggest pussies in the league. Goodness gracious. Yeah. I have a really, really bad feeling about... About Megatron. I'm like... 
I don't want to be like I I may like I I've, I've been debating on like whether or not to like have a podcast like an instantaneous reaction of me just fucking popping off. I probably will. Like I probably will. I'll record myself like watching the actual thing. And then it's like, if he doesn't get in, I'm going to be fucking pissed off. But I will say this. If he doesn't, if he does get in as a first ballot hall of famer, which I think he should, then yeah, I'll have no qualms. I'll probably not release that podcast. I'll probably just, you know, I'll probably like delete it or something like that. But holy shit, man, if Megatron doesn't get into the Hall of Fame, I'm going to be super irked. Which right now, it's not that like I have any like credible information. This is just like speculation, you know? It's just, I don't know, man. Weirdly enough, the Hall of Fame doesn't value like pass catchers and wide receivers and things of that nature, as evident by Drew Pearson not being in the Hall of Fame and T.O. taking like two years to get into the Hall of Fame. I still think everybody on the committee that was there back then should probably be fired. Not probably, definitely should be fired. But, um, you know what? We'll see what happens. We'll see if there are jokes on Saturday. I'm now going through like my DVR. I'm trying to fucking find the fucking award show where is this thing super bowl saturday night red carpet coverage as the biggest stars blah blah blah, blah. Uh, okay so where's the award show is it on espn you know like the award show for i'm trying to find the award show for um the nfl is it like on one of the major like broadcasts like the nfl awards the NFL honors or whatever the fuck it's called. It's not on the NFL network. Hold on. I don't know where this thing is, but it isn't on the NFL network. And I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it's on CBS. Oh my God. It's two hours long, and it's from, like, why is it so... Why do these fucking dumbass award shows have to be so late in the afternoon? It's at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock on Saturday. I'm like, dude, I have better things to do than to spend two hours watching people accept awards. And again, you know, like... Like, like I, I hate award shows. I, I hate them. I just hate the pro. I I hate award shows. Whatever. Anyways. Huh. God. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't know about Calvin making it to the Hall of Fame this year. I'm not sure. What's today? Oh yeah. I, I'm like. I. It feels. This is how burned out I feel. I feel like today is Thursday. Right. I feel like today is Thursday and I'm just like, like I'm at the end of my rope and things of that nature. And it's like, no, today, bitch, is Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Not Thursday, bitch. Get up. Get up. It's Tuesday. It's like I, I, I most of the time have like a have like a glimpse of the day because my day is kind of blur. It's just like work, 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 you know. But today is Tuesday, bitch. It's like, wake up, 24. Good God. 
I did have some names from the Pro Bowl on Saturday that I kind of wanted to go through yesterday, but this is like one of those things that I was talking about earlier where I was like, I don't necessarily know if I want to cover this. But I'll cover it anyways. So, shout out to Vosh Lombardi. He's the, uh, in, in Foots the King. Those guys are essentially my hookups when it comes to uh, pre-draft coverage and things of that nature that I trust. I'm not really like, I, I'm a mock draft guy. I kind of understand the situations and drafting players and things of that nature. But evaluating players is super, super hard and time-consuming, and I just don't, like, I don't do a whole lot of it, if I'm honest with you. However, I can kind of have a finger on the pulse and I can kind of understand like what's going on, where and why. And I can kind of understand like, okay, this player should be drafted here and there and blah, 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 blah. Like I can kind of get the gist, you know, of what's going on in the game. But, or not in the game, but in the draft. Like I can, I can essentially understand like, oh, CD Lamb is a first-round draft pick, Justin Jefferson is a great player, et cetera, et cetera, right? And watching college football this year helped me out a lot. Um, but again, I'm not necessarily, like, not necessarily, like, you know, like, super informed on certain stuff, you know. I try, but I'm not. However, what I will say is this. I did watch... Vox Lombardi and Footsta King for like 30 to 40 minutes and they were talking about some draft stuff there's this guy that why am I watching I, I just realized like I have been mindlessly watching um football right I've been watching um Kansas City versus the Patriots like three years ago where Kansas City loses to the Patriots instead of re-watching a little bit of the Reese's Bowl which I still kind of haven't done However, they were talking about the Reese's Bowl and they were talking about the coverage of the Senior Bowl that happened this this weekend. We casted it, semi-casted it for almost like three hours, I think. Semi-casted it, watched a lot of it, watched all of it. I mean, I watched a lot of it, but I mean, it was a three, like I had a three-hour recording. My recording stopped after that. It wasn't the entire game, but I essentially saw the majority of the Senior Bowl. Like and by the majority of it, I think I missed only about like a minute in-game maybe like five minutes out of the game, like in game time, like there was essentially one minute something seconds left on the clock or maybe a little bit more than that. But in reality, it may have been like a couple more minutes than that. However, there he is right there. There's the fucker that I, not fucker. There's the guy that I, there, there's the guy that Vosh was talking about today with yesterday with Foots the King. And this guy that I saw, I saw a little bit of him as well. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. <clears throat> so, Richie Grant, Vosh Lombardi, Foots the King, Daniel Jeremiah, they were, like, I didn't realize, like, I saw them talking about Richie Grant, and I also saw Richie Grant, like, I don't know why I like I don't know why he was on my brain so much, but I saw him play or not play, but I like saw him. Not saw him, but like when Vosh Lombardi talked about him, 
a couple of days ago, I immediately knew who he was because I was like, didn't I see him at the Senior Bowl this weekend? He is a safety out of the University of Central Florida. And he's the guy that everybody is talking about as essentially the best free safety in this year's draft. I cannot tell which team it is. Is he is he the blacks or the whites? I can't tell. I'm pretty sure he's the blacks. He's on the blacks. Is he on the blacks or is he a white? I have I I could just go back and rewind. It's like what am I doing? Instead of like trying to guess, I'm like, which team was he on again? Hold on. Let me go back. Ba, 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 ba. Okay, he's a white. <laughs> I'm like, okay, he's a white. Whites got smoked. Uh <laughs> during the game. I'm like, they got smoked. I don't think it was his fault. I'm gonna watch a little bit of this. But yeah, like Richie Grant, he's been the guy that I've been hearing a lot about both from people that I trust and also from what I kind of saw and things of that nature on Saturday. I think, like, I think once again, and I said it on Saturday, and I'll say it again today, I think the majority of this draft is going to be, is going to be often, maybe not the majority of this the, this draft, but, like, if you ask me 24, like, who's the best players going into the 2020 draft? It's offensive players. It's offensive players, like, I learned a lot from this draft, or not this draft, but this weekend or last weekend as it pertained to, like, the Senior Bowl and things of that nature. But, yeah, like, there's a lot of offensive weapons, a lot of offensive players and things of that nature going into this year. But I think just cannot be overlooked and overstepped. Guys like Richie Grant, Katarius Tony. Uh, I uh, Felton, I can't remember his first name, the wide receiver slash running back out of UCLA. What's his name? Demetric Felton, and then Des Fitzpatrick, who ran fantastic routes as well. Like, absolutely fantastic game on Saturday. It's just wide receivers and, like, running backs as well. Like, Michael Carter also was very, very good this weekend. Quarterbacks kind of stung up the joint. Mac Jones apparently is now a first-round draft pick. Again, we kind of hit on him as well. But yeah, this weekend was super productive when it came to learning certain players out of the senior bowl. And you'll kind of see an expansion of this going forward from... There he is. There's, there's Richie Grant. I'm on the field right now. 27. Yeah, he's in coverage. He's in the slot against Felton. Let's see if he gets beaten. Please don't get beaten. He kind of doesn't. Kind of doesn't. He already, like, the route, like, it's, the ball was going to Fitzpatrick, but it was, like, a crossing route, and Richie was supposed to be lost in the sauce, but um, Felton had ran, like, a really, really shallow route. But it wouldn't have gone anywhere, I don't think. He ran, like, a really shallow, shallow route. There would have been no way possible for him to, like, get anywhere close to a first down. Now Richie's playing free safety. Let me see it. We'll watch, like, one more play. Yeah, it's a run play. He's not involved at all. <clears throat> all right. Anyways. Let's kind of end the podcast here. 48 minutes. Again, like, you know, 
a lot planned here for the podcast. However, I do have another mock draft for you, right, before we end it off. And we talk about mock drafts, like, all the time, right? We talk about certain situations when it comes to drafting players. Like, that's literally all that mock drafts are. That's what they'll continue to be. Like, in some instances, they should be taken seriously. In other cases, they shouldn't be. But, like, the ideas that are thrown out are going to help narrow down, like, what is actually going to happen, I think. So, for example, like, you know, like, the Jaguars drafting Trevor Lawrence and the Jets getting Justin Fields. Like, it's Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. Like, there's really not a lot of polarity, I think within this draft or at least within most mock drafts the first two drafts more likely than not will be quarterbacks however once you start seeing a little bit more polarity or not polarity but once you start to get down from like the first two picks and you start to have more teams be involved more players be involved that's when you start to see kind of the dysfunction of the majority of teams and once again Vosh Lombardi kind of in uh, he was talking about it today kind of brought up a really, really awesome point. It's like, listen, man, everybody's clapping it up for the Lions for finessing the Rams, and everybody's talking about how how much they like the Rams, not, maybe not not getting players, excuse me, but like trading away all of their first-round draft picks for commodities and players and things of that nature. And it's like, listen, man, he made the point in his show, I'm going to make it on mine. The majority of teams that have to trade away their picks, especially their first-round picks, uh, to get known commodities, they're not going to draft well. Uh, Seattle just trading away all of their first-round draft picks uh, to get Jamal Adams and then spent their their first-round draft pick last year on Brandon Brooks. I don't even know if he's uh, – like, I don't know if he started. The, the linebacker out of Texas Tech, I'm like way too high on him. Could have had another running back, wide receiver, offensive line, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that's like the reality that we're now in, right? Like we're now in the reality of like, oh, okay, like all of these players. I just saw Richie Grant against Felton. I'm like, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I'm seeing some of these reps. Let me pause on what I what what I was talking about. I'm I'm watching some of these these reps with Richie Grant against Demetric Felton, who is absolutely slicing and dicing up guys this weekend. Uh, he's shutting dudes down, man. He's a safety. He's going up against Felton, who's a, like a wide receiver slash running back. You constantly hear about this type of mismatch where it's like, okay. You know, if you have a running back against a linebacker or a running back against a safety who's agile, who can route run, it's, it's a mismatch in favor of the of the running back, right? In this particular case, Richie, I mean, perfect coverage. I'm starting to see what other people are starting to see, bro. Anyways. So the narrative is right now, that essentially the Rams, they got a great player. They traded away all of their first-round draft picks, and it doesn't matter because they'll, like, like, like listen, man, anytime you have to give up first-round draft picks, like, you're not excited about it. Like, nobody's excited to give up first-round draft picks. 
And Vach said, your team isn't good at drafting. The Rams are actually pretty good at drafting, and he admits it in the show. But I think, like, the devaluation of first-round draft picks is getting to, like, an absurd level. Where people are just, like, giving out first-round draft picks, and it's like, dude, you, like... Like, I mean, it's, it's a free player. Like, you literally don't have to do anything to get some of these guys, to get in most of these guys. Like, it's just like, hey, you know, you just show up and you get a first-round draft pick, which is a free player and a second-rounder. They're being paid below market value at all of their respective positions, whether it is quarterback, linebacker, running back, defensive end, tight end, wide receiver, O-line, whatever you want to – whatever position they play, they're being paid significantly less than market value, especially if they're a top-tier player. And it's like the fact that I keep on seeing people be like, Rams got out a really good deal. The Jamal Adams trade got out. uh, They got a really good deal on Jamal. It's like Seattle's screwed. They're strapped for cash in the next couple of years because they have to pay him. And then on top of that, they don't have any draft picks to potentially get a Richie Grant. Hello? Can you hear me? Meanwhile, Dallas, I wouldn't. Like, I saw, like, I, I, again, I saw the film Breakdowns by Vosh, and I'm watching him right now. I'm fast-forwarding to, essentially, his parts in the game. Like, I'm what like, I'm actively evaluating him right now, because I didn't really, I didn't see any games of his. But it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get, I'm starting to get what everybody's talking about when it comes to Richie Grant. But I do have a mock draft for you here today. It's by the Mock Draft Network, or just the Draft Network, excuse me. And um, it's a weird one, man. But I like it. I like parts of it. And I always cut in with this draft. I kind of I don't want to do individual things, right? I don't want to like hit every single team and things of that nature. I just kind of want to make it very, very simplistic. The majority of teams should be drafting the top-tier wideouts. Let me take a swig. Hold on. Give me, like, another second. Hold on. Mm. All right. Sorry about that. Anyways, if your team name in the top... 10 to 15 is not essentially the Jags, the Jets, the Cowboys, the Chargers, and the Vikings. If if your team was not named, your team should be either drafting a quarterback or a wide receiver or a Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. The reason why I say that is, is that the wide receivers that are in this year's draft are too fucking good to pass up on. It's not just, well, you know, they're icing. I remember Colin Cowherd essentially, he essentially said wide receivers are essentially icing on the cake. Like you can, you can work your team without them. Like you can have a team without them, but you don't need them necessarily. And I was like, all right, all right, all right. Okay. He said that like a couple of years ago, and now his thinking is like, well, you kind of need him now. But it is like, you do need wide receivers. And the thing that I did like 
about this wide, res- uh, not this wide receiver, this mock draft. Not didn't like, excuse me, if you thought I said that, I'm chewing some gum right now. But the thing that I did like about this draft is that they took, they essentially did what I thought that that the Eagles and the Lions needed to do. They took wideouts, right? Now, what happened here? What happened in this draft? They have like a trade. What? Whoa. What? Okay, this is terrible. Uh, oh, oh, Jesus. I I was about to say I liked parts, of, like, significant parts of this draft and things of that nature. I scrolled up to number three because the third spot, super important because that is where uh, Miami is drafting, and I think Miami can and should take a, a, a wide receiver at number three. So I scrolled up because I saw that Jamar Chase and – Devontae Smith had both gone to two different teams, and the person who had made this mock draft had essentially said, the Miami Dolphins trade the number third overall pick, the number 18, 18th, excuse me, number 81, to attack of Aloha, Xavier Howard, in a 2022 first-round draft pick to the Houston Texans for Deshaun Watson and pick number 120. How many picks is that? That's two, three, four, five first-rounders, and then a third-rounder, it looks like. I'm like, you're you're about you're you're right you're right because Tua was a first rounder last year, Xavier Howard is a first rounder when it comes to the value he's one of the best corners in the NFL. Yeah, that's a lot of comp, man. That is a lot of compensation for Deshaun Watson. And then apparently, what happened here was that the Houston Texans, because they're just full in rebuild mode, they then said, hey, 49ers, you want to come up and get a quarterback? And they said, sure, we'll trade you our number 12th overall, 44th, and number 116th, and an additional first-round draft pick to draft to uh, Zach Wilson. Yikes. Yikes. I think that's a terrible deal for the for the 49ers. But that's what happened at three. Um, the Houston Texans deal perfect that actually kind of makes sense now that I think about it kind of I'm not necessarily stoked on how much like compensation they gave up for both like Deshaun and the 49ers and again it's like I even said like the compensation for Deshaun Watson is going to be pretty high but I didn't expect it to be like bang 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 like essentially Miami's going to have no draft picks for the first three rounds this year or two rounds if that would fall through I would spread out the draft picks over the next like four to five years, if you can do that, but we'll see. But yeah, um, sorry about that. Eagles, Eagles and the Lions, they both get the two guys that are at the top, Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith. I still think Devontae Smith is way better than, maybe not way better. I think he's better than Jamar Chase. I would flop them, flip flop them. Eagles would get Devontae Smith. Uh, Jamar Chase would go to the Lions and whoever is their quarterback or whatever. They can't sign Kenny Galladay and Mac Jones. They're probably going to have to release one or both of them. You need a wide receiver. You can even trade down and get maybe Kyle Pitts and make him a hybrid position or a, a, a positionless position. Positionless player, excuse me. 
But yeah, like, Devontae Smith is there. Jamar Chase is there. Jalen Waddle is there. Even Rashad Bateman, if you like him, he's there. But yeah, I would I would highly recommend that the Lions pick Devontae Smith. However, considering the way that their offense is starting to pan out, it may or may not seem that they may get an offensive lineman and or a running back. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Um, but yeah, they, they like I love how the how the draft network essentially did what I've been trying to say for the last couple of weeks and months. You should, if you are one of these teams, if you are one of these 15 teams drafting in the top 15, you should be taking a wide receiver, a offensive weapon, something, something, even an O-lineman. It should not be, or a quarterback in some cases, it should not be, hey, we're not going to be getting a quarterback here. Houston Texans at 12 because they traded with the Niners. Or not the Niners, but the, um, yeah, they traded with the Niners because they traded with both the Niners and Miami. They got picks from Miami, and then they also traded with the Niners. Houston got a haul for essentially Deshaun Watson. They are at 12. They pick up Jalen Waddle. Remember, they have two attack of Aloha, so it's perfectly fine if they get Jalen Waddle. And then something that I absolutely love and that I think is like, the perfect position. I don't know where Micah Parsons is going. Where is he? Where is he? Where is Parsons? How far did he fall? Yikes. 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 But that makes sense. Um, anyways, Mac Jones. He went 15th overall to the Patriots. Perfect, perfect player. Perfect scheme. He is exactly what the Patriots need. He is incredibly cerebral. He is incredibly, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not just cerebral, not just like he, you know, he does shit with his head. People talk about him processing information quickly. I would use that analogy as well. Also, his pocket mechanics are fantastic. And what the Patriots want and need to do is start throwing the ball from the pocket. Probably the best pocket passer in this year's draft. And on top of that, he's like, Cerebral is kind of a general term. Let me kind of boil it down for you. He does a lot of smart decision-making and stuff that you wouldn't necessarily see from a quarterback who's so young. Like, for example, he audibles at the line of scrimmage correctly, like which is something that you very, very rarely see. Like, pre-snap-wise, you very, very rarely see quarterbacks nowadays audible outside of a play like not like kill the play and go to the second play but kill the play go to a completely different play and then that play works like Mac Jones does an actual really really good job about it again like I'm not one of these people that's like this player is like this hall of fame player I'm not like that um because I think it, I think you're just setting the player up for failure and not success and it's kind of just overblown the comparison the comps However, I do think Mac Jones, um, not not that his play style is similar to Tom Brady, but his play style is what the Patriots would want as a quarterback. So, I wish there, like, I think he's just a pocket-passing, cerebral, semi-mobile quarterback who also has um, great pre-snap adjustments as well. Really, really awesome player. Fantastic for the Patriots, but yeah, like, I was scrolling to see where Micah Parsons was going to get drafted to see if, like, how big of an anomaly that was, 
He gets drafted 29th overall to the Packers. Before people pull their hair out of their fucking skull, that's kind of where you would expect him to go, right? Because he is like, he has a lot of issues, right? And they even they even link to something. What is this? Is this the exact same article that I read? I think it is. Shout out to the Draft Network. This is the exact same fucking article that I read, right? And they mention it. They they link it in the um like like um the the comp for Micah Parsons saying the recent questions that have been raised are troubling. And it's like, yeah, it fucking is. And it's like, as much as people don't want to admit it, it could be why he could either be drafted incredibly late, he could fall. I still think he's gonna draft be drafted. But I, it's like I, we went over it in detail a couple of days ago. It's not good what what's on what's out on Michael Parsons right now. <clears throat> so. Micah, he could slide. He probably will slide. Like, especially as, like, like this, like, like we've kind of gotten, sorry for saying like so much. We've gotten in on the ground floor of just how bad the situation with Micah Parsons is. Give it a month or two when people start talking about prospects and they say, wait, like, there's some recent reports on there's some bad shit about Micah Parsons. What's the bad shit? Oh, wait, he's, he apparently and allegedly hazed people to such a point where he stuck his dick into somebody's ass. Borderline, is that rape? I think it kind of is, right? I'm not a lawyer, but it sounds kind of like rapey stuff to me. But again, I still think he's going to get drafted because he's super young, he's super talented. It is what it is. Let me see how his second round draft not a second round draft, but his second round is, and now I'm getting a bunch of ads right now, right? What is this? Oh no, it just took me to the bottom of the fucking page. Jaguars get Travon Merrig. Oh, oh my God, I completely forgot that. He didn't have any running backs in the first round. That's interesting. Mm, Cardinals could have drafted Najee or... Austin Etienne, if they wanted either one of them. Texans, they get Gregory Rose in the first round. Oh, God. Some of these picks, I'm like, like, Bears get an offensive tackle out of Michigan. I'm like, quarterback? Wide receiver? Running back? Maybe? Um, I, I think Trubisky's gone. Yeah, they didn't draft a running back, whoever this was, in the first round. Again, I think Trubisky's gone. But yeah, like Najee Harris goes 35th overall to the to the Dolphins. The Eagles, they get Nick Bolton. I got a burp. Excuse me. That's weird. I'm kind of seeing where they where they have um where they have like Richie Grant, which is kind of interesting, like Alex Leatherwood tackle out of Alabama he goes to the Panthers at 40 I think we'll see we'll see what happens he may not even be in the top he may not even be in the second round to be honest with you right now I think he's kind of a niche player right now Richie Grant yeah ETN 
Travis Etienne and Najee Harris are going in the second round, according to this guy, considering like how awesome of play. I think they're first rounders. And it's like, again, wouldn't be surprised if they did go in the second round. It's kind of like the way that these drafts go. Where it's like dudes that, like, like uh, I kind of talked about it last year as well, where I was like, if somebody, if somebody like, j- like I thought um, maybe Jonathan Taylor last year would maybe fall to the Ravens or people would, like, like last year you had a, uh, yeah, last year was a good example of how great players can fall from the first round to the second round, like A.J. Dillon, uh, J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, Xavier McKinney, and Grant Delpit, like all these great players out of college, they fell to the second round. And the second round, you just had like so much value in it. Uh, even Trevon Diggs as well. Yeah, they didn't draft Richie Grant in the second round. Let me kind of do a mock draft here and see exactly where they kind of have him right now. <clears throat> I'm guessing right now probably 150 to 200 when it comes to his prospect when it comes to the prospects rise. Oh no, he's up. He's 51st, 51. Never mind. Then why didn't he draft him in the second round? I think it was just because when was this? When was this article made? This one. February 2nd. So it was today, but he didn't draft. Richie Grant in the second round. That's weird. All right. Like, they don't follow their own big board like it's gospel, but they're pretty, like, diligent on continuing, not continuing, excuse me, continuing to follow their big board. It's like, hold on. Oh, my God. They're, like, pretty good at, I don't want to say following once again their big board, but... They're pretty consistent on certain picks on their big board, I guess. I don't know. It's hard to explain. <clears throat> I was watching that new Jurassic on that new Jurassic Park. It's not a it's not the it's the Jurassic World movie that uh, everyone, including myself, thought was going to be awesome and and just it wasn't. It's Jurassic World. It's the one with, like, the T-Rex. You know, the... It's not a T-Rex. It's, like, the, the hybrid T-Rex. Man, man, that movie sucked. It didn't suck. Maybe not sucked. But, God, it, it's not like it sucked. It's just, like, fucking disappointing is the word that I would use. It's just fucking disappointing. Like, literally, like, that movie had, like, all of, maybe not, like, like, the movie had, had, like, all of these, like, um, had, like, all these cool dinosaurs and stuff like that, but it's just some of the premises just, like, didn't work, like, fucking bringing the dinosaurs back to the mainland instead of letting them fucking die like they should have. It's like, oh my god, the island is about to be destroyed. It's like, then let the fucking island be destroyed and murder all the dinosaurs on the island. It's like, literally every single fucking, like, like decision that they made is just like, bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. And I have to fucking watch it. And it's like, at some point, you're like, maybe don't build an island with dinosaurs on it. 
you know? But yeah, the first movie was like semi-cool because of like the nostalgia factor. Like who doesn't like Jurassic Park? However, at the exact same time, like, you know, you want it to make sense. Because in the first book, I read the book and I saw the movie. I have the movie on VHS. Book and the movie made sense. But it's like the fucking movie, the third movie didn't make any sense. The whole, like, we're not going to, or not the we're not going to, excuse me, but the whole, like, you know, hybrid genetically altered dinosaur that can cloak and camouflage itself like that shit is dumb but yeah regardless that was a weird movie to watch all right i'm gonna peace out here jesus christ enough stuff oh my god i just screwed up my computer ah god I'm tired. I'm taking two days off. All right, I'm just going to peace out, actually. I'm not, like, oh, my God. I was about to just, like, press stop recording. That's how tired I am. I'm like, I just want to peace out. I don't even want to do my intro or my outro. Like, that's how tired I am. 24th podcast, best video gaming sports. I told you this is maybe going to be one of the worst of the week because of, like, some of the subject matter that I talked about, the unpreparedness. I knew it, I knew it was going to be rough. I knew it was also going to be short. I didn't I should have also prefaced this at the beginning of the podcast by saying hour long. Hour long podcast. Uh if you like the podcast, I won't even pimp out my links and stuff. I'm so irked by how I performed it. I'll be back Friday, not Thursday or Wednesday. Friday, 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 Friday. To I don't know. Talk about some of the stuff that happened this week. Probably nothing will happen. There's been no new information, so it's like, what do I talk about? Nothing, exactly. Anyways, I'll be back Friday, 24th podcast. I'm out.